can play board games by yourself. Why would you ever do that? I mean, is that what video games are for? I would say that. Oh, okay. But you're the one who just said it's... Okay, so, it's Monday. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. My name is Jonathan. I'm Emily, and that was much less convoluted in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, David. It's good to see you, as always. Nice to see you guys. This week, we are talking about board games that you can play solitary. bit odd, but actually has a long and noble history. That is true. We're going to get into this. So, so first of all, let's get the obvious question out of the way. Uh, why are, would you do that? Yeah, the, right. It's, it's, there, there are solitaire board games, right? They exist. Why? Why? why what yeah. for? What for? They exist for different reasons. There are, I mean, solitaire, I, I divide solitaire board games into five different categories, and I'm not going to take long on this, but just to kind of run over. There are games that are designed purely to be played by yourself. A one-player count and a one-player count only. Um, there are games that have multiplayer accounts that have a solitaire variant. You might play it slightly differently, you might play the same game, but in some way or shape or form you'll play that game by yourself. Most cooperative games can be played solitaire. Mm-hmm. Some games have a solitaire variant that has been shoehorned in, and these are almost always bad. <laughs> and there are games that are so popular with people that they want to play them more often and they create their own fan-based solitaire mm. uh, ver- variants. I've actually made one for a game called Blueprints. Um, so I can play that by myself because I don't know anyone else that wants to play it. And there is answer number one to your question, which is why are there why are there games you can play solitaire or why would you play a solitaire game? Um, I got into solitaire gaming because I realized very quickly when I first started out in the hobby and you know now that I have the friends that I have, this isn't true anymore. But at the time, I didn't know anyone who wanted to play anything as heavy as the stuff I wanted to play. Mm. I wanted to play the Arkham Horrors of this world. And there weren't many people I knew who were willing to dig into that. And the great thing about Arkham Horror is it's got a one on the box. I can sit there and it's a cooperative game that doesn't have hidden information, which means I can play it by myself. And so I could take this game I wanted to play and have that experience. It reminds me of, I mean, war games, these hex encounter combat simulations Mm -hmm. of, you know, Civil War battles or Napoleonic, whatever. These go way back to long before computer games were really a thing. Right. And they were long, convoluted, difficult games that required a lot of investment of time and effort to be able to get started with. So mm-hmm. if you were a fan of historical conflict simulations and you didn't have somebody who lived nearby who was like that, you'd have to wait until you got to a convention to be able to get a chance to play these things. Yeah. So a solitaire variant of a war game was a really big selling point, And so those were quite popular. Um, with the advent of electronic games becoming more and more popular, the, um, the people sort of lost track of the fact that, no, actually, solo board gaming has been a thing for quite a while. I mean, like, part of the reason that board games became so popular is that movement of, you know, trying to disassociate yourself with your screen. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to spend time in each other's company. They want to make eye contact. They want to, like, tell jokes and have people laugh at those jokes. <laughs> and board games are a great way to do that with, with intent, you know? I mean, we always tell people, I always tell people that one of the reasons that Snakes is so popular for dates is because sitting there and having to just talk to somebody for a while can be very intimidating. And having something to do is a mm. great sort of social icebreaker. Especially for first dates. And we will occasionally have somebody who's there on their own. And we don't have mm-hmm. a lot of solitaire games to offer, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, although, again, if you take a look at this at this history and the fact that, generally speaking, the solitaire modes were there for games that were quite long and difficult... Mm. 
generally speaking, if you're in a board game cafe, you're probably looking for something a bit more accessible, a bit more simple. Yeah. And so the difficulty in finding solitaire games that are that are for just one player, well, you know, that, 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 that have that simplicity, that accessibility. We, we, well, David can sort of speak to that a little bit, I think. You've, you've, you've actually got a podcast called Once Upon a Die where mm-hmm. you specifically talk about, um, about solitaire games. Yeah. Uh, what, what, I, what I really love, David does this awesome thing. I'm not sure if you've had the chance to listen to Once Upon a Die, but um, in a lot of his shows, what he'll do is he'll he'll do a playthrough of a game, and um, he'll cut back and forth between discussing the mechanics of the game and doing sort of a radio play of Hilarious. of the story of the game itself, voiced Hilarious. by other people with sound effects and music. And it's a lot of fun. It's been on a woefully long hiatus right now, and I'm I've got a couple of scripts I'm working on right now to bring it back up again before the end of the year, but. Yeah, it's. I, I've I've spent a lot of time hunting out solitaire games, and I always get excited when something appears that has a one on the box in the player count. Do you find that in these sort of co-op games that have a solo variant, do you feel like there's less pressure to have to perform really well when it's by yourself? Does that does that make it more enjoyable? Oh, that's an interesting question. Actually, I think that depends how much you set a, a goal for yourself to mm. win the game versus a goal for yourself to have fun. Um, I play solitaire games, I think, now that I've really settled into it as a as a, a subset of my hobby, I play them for two different reasons. I play them for the story, which is where you get the, the you know, the big long Arkham Horrors and or something like XCOM or mm. uh, that have a lot of theme to them. And I just love creating a story. And yeah, I mean, XCOM is inherently enormously pressured, but pressure <laughs> to perform? Yeah, probably does go down a little bit, actually. The other type I really enjoy are the logic puzzles, and I play those for the same reason I would play Sudoku. So something like Ingenious, right. uh, or Dimension, or uh, Ginkopolis, which is actually a fairly heavy Euro game, but is very crunchy. There's a substantial very, very number crunchy. of... Oh, yeah. It's, there's a substantial number of Euro games out there um, where the solo variant is to score as many points as you can mm-hmm. under certain yeah. conditions, like Agricola is a solo variant like that. Okay. Yeah, and that's why something like Ginkopolis... Uh, comes into its own because you are facing an AI. Mm. And the AI in Ginkopolis is inherently random mm. because it acts on a card draw and so it often breaks the rules of the game to do something or and it's just as likely to mess itself over as it is to mess you over in the process of doing something. But it gives you a target because it will score a certain number of points and you have to beat it. Um, Sagrada is actually a wonderful game because you set your own target score because the score you have to beat is the total of the dice you have that you've put up onto the time tracker. So, oh, if so I'm every round you sort of decide, you, you can give up la- uh, really good dice for yourself um, to make... To, okay, okay, okay. Well, the, big, the biggest thing with that, so for people who don't know Sagrada, you should go out and play it. <laughs> uh, but the idea is you're creating a stained glass window and you're doing it by rolling dice and you're placing those dice into, I think it's 20 slots on your board. Dice which, incidentally, are very, very brightly colored plastic that looks so... Clear vibra- plastic? Clear plastic. Uh, so they look like bits of stained uh, glass. Yeah. So you arrange them together wonderful. and you have this beautiful pattern. Awesome. These vibrant, lustrous colors. It's gorgeous. The box, if you see the box, it does not do justice because it makes the dice look opaque. They are not they are beautiful it's it's awesome but you'll have certain strictures as to how you can't place a one next to a one you can't place a red die next to a red die things like that Mm. you also have three ways of scoring and the challenge in the solitaire game comes if i draw the scorecard that says i score for having pairs of ones and twos on the board i don't want to give those ones and twos up i want them to increase my score Except if that means I'm giving up fives and sixes, the score I have to beat goes up much faster. And it's this fast... That 
kind of logic. No, the pressure to perform does not go down because I'm somebody... <laughs> you know, in a logic game, you're not experiencing a story, so you want to win. So I think it's, it depends on the game you're playing is the answer to the question. But, um, you know, there's a couple of examples of ways that that that... that end goal can morph itself out in a solitaire game in a way that people might not uh, appreciate if they haven't played that before. Are there times when you'd rather play a solitaire game than play against your friends? Actually, Well, last week is a wonderful uh, example of that, which is um, legacy games. If I can play a legacy game solitaire, I will do, simply because I will always be there to play the game with myself. Mm. Uh, and therefore I don't have to worry about putting a group together to complete it. I would love... I'm in, I thoroughly enjoy playing Pandemic Legacy with people, but it's been over a year since we played and we're only a third of the way through. <sighs> right? So it avoids that kind of scenario. And also it just comes back to that thing of if I've got, if I've got a game I really want to play that Why is too heavy for, for my friends, rather than trying to find a group, I can just play it. And I have some heavy games in my collection that will probably never hit the table with my regular groups. You know, when it comes to co-ops, Solitaire plays also a really novel solution to the alpha player problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you can't... can't lord over people if there are no people to lord over. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am the boss of me. Yeah, that's very true. And actually, one other unusual multiplayer thing is uh, XCOM is a perfect example of this. The four possible player spots in XCOM all have a different role, right? Mm. They all do something slightly different in the game. I would prefer to play that game with four people or by myself. Right. Because in those circumstances, you have an even balance. Now, you have an even balance with two, but it doesn't work quite as well for me. And three, you're guaranteed not to have an even balance because someone's doing two things. With four, everyone's doing one thing. By yourself, you're doing the lot. And so there, it's not necessarily I'd rather play it by myself than with four people, but one is definitely one of my preferred player accounts. So somebody wants to get into solitaire play. Mm-hmm. What's the first game you would recommend they try? Forbidden Island. Mm-hmm. And it's the same reason I would recommend that as your entry-level co-op. It's not difficult. It's not got too many rules in it. It's a game you may well have played, and you simply take two characters or three characters and control them all yourself. And it doesn't require an enormous amount of Change? shifting how yeah. your brain works. How many characters should they play? I usually play two. So pretend you're two people. Pretend you're two people. I think the game would probably be easier with three. I just enjoy playing that particular game with two. Mm. To jump ahead a few questions, Pandemic Legacy, I played. I, I started with two, then added a third, then added a fourth. And <laughs> even though apparently it's harder to play with four people, it is. I mm. found it easier because of being able to spread myself out and because you only have one brain working on the game you're not seeing the alternative possibilities if your brain hasn't spotted them because that's the thing with multiplayers right you see something in a game I don't when I'm playing by myself I'm only going to see the possibilities my brain gives me and I found with four people just being able to spread out was easier but for for Forbidden Island yeah two or three three probably for a slightly easier game that's all that we're going to touch on for today, but we're going to be back on Wednesday. David's still going to be here because he knows the most about this, and he's great. Uh, and we're going to ask him more questions about more of his favorite solitaire games. Tune in then. On Wednesday. Bye. See you then, guys.